Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Come on, glory to God. This is our last Sunday on Daring Faith, but I, I don't want to quit. Look, look, if you don't have sermon notes, wave at me because there's some things you need to write down today. Anybody need a sermon note? Why, why are you teaching on faith? Because it is so important. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how many believers I got in here? Wave at me. Okay, guess what, believers? If you can believe, there's nothing impossible to you. So some of you need to be saying, Lord, help my unbelief. Because you walk by sight and not by faith and you look at it and you think it's impossible. So you don't even ask and you have not because you ask not. You have not because you don't pursue. If you're going to go deer hunting, you got to get out there and go hunting. Some people are lucky enough to shoot out the back window, but that's not hunting. I might as well go play golf. Nothing wrong with golf. We're teaching you about faith so you'll know how faith works, how it operates. Let me ask you a question. Let's see, we're at a baseball game, home plate. I'm standing on home plate. Let me get up here. I'm on home plate. There's a pitcher's mound out there. What base is behind the pitcher's mound? Second base. How come you know that? Been to a baseball game. Maybe you played it when you were a kid. And you know what? When you were six, seven years old, you learned. You don't run the second base first. You run. You ever, you ever played see the T-ballers? I've had them go to third base first. I've had them go to second base. Come back. Because they don't know. They just know to hit the ball and run somewhere. You know, that's the way people are with faith. They, they throw up a prayer and they just hope something happens and they just take off running. But faith needs some control. Faith needs to have a purpose. God has given us a purpose. Romans 5.1, just want to read that real quick. Therefore, having been justified... That means declared right in the sight of God. Say, I'm right in the sight of God. Right God. Some of y'all hesitated that because you don't believe it. Jesus' blood was shed for you to be right with God. If I gave you a gift card, are you going to spend it? Then spend your, right, your righteousness with God. Come on, you're right with God. You don't have to earn it. We didn't deserve it. He gave his life away. He paid the price. So, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a key right there. We're not preaching it. We're talking about faith and patience today is the title of the sermon. But how do you know you're in faith? You got peace. That's another key. Because I could preach on faith and peace, but we're talking about faith and patience. Through whom we also have access by faith into the grace where which we stand. The righteousness is free because of the grace of God. And by faith you can obtain, you can say that's mine. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe he shed his blood for me. I believe the word of God is for me. I believe his righteousness is for me. If any man be in Christ, Corinthians 5 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Father, thank you for the new things. Show me the new things. How many of y'all ever felt stagnant? Come on, don't lie to me. You know, a chicken molts its feathers. It looks pitiful. Some of their seasons in life where you're molting and you're going to the next level and you feel stagnant. Man, there's a, in a stump. If you cut a stump and it's hollow, it'll fill up with water and that water will turn stagnant and nasty. That's why you got to read the word every day. Let something flow through you. Clean you out. That's why you need to pray in the spirit and pray to God, to God to clean you out and let him flow through you. And you won't be stagnant. You won't feel stagnant anymore. I'm, I'm trying to help you today. I'm going to help you today. And so you will, you're, going to, you're going to get stirred and you're going to learn how to stir yourself. Not only that, verse 3, but we all saw glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. I don't want any tribulation. 
tough. Suck it up, buttercup, because tribulation's coming. Huh? And sometimes it comes on purpose. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes the devil's going to push your buttons. Okay, sometimes the devil's going to push your buttons. Y'all sitting there like, not me. <laughs> Altar's open for liars. Because okay. I'm telling you, the devil knows how to push your buttons. But that's all right. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome all the button pushing. Matter of fact, help me, Lord, to not have buttons. Huh? It's not your fault if you push my button. It's my fault for having a button. Okay. No, they hurt my feelings. Why do you have your feelings out there? Okay. Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's good. He's always good. He loves you. He always loves you. When are you going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever? When are you going to quit fluctuating like James said, like a wave of the sea? You're like a boat, and you're about to tip over, and then the wave takes you back, and you're about to tip over, and you're over here. I don't know what I'm going to do. Glory to God, I'm excited. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's time to get stable, to be the same. Every day I'm serving God. Every day I'm walking with God. Every day God's my God. Jesus is my Lord. He's my King, and I'm full of the Spirit of God. But I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter what you feel like. You declare it. You know, this what the Holy Spirit was talking to me. When we started off worship, I wasn't feeling it. Is it me or is it y'all? Because I want to say, well, the people ain't feeling That's why I ain't feeling it. No, it's up to me to feel it. Have you ever picked up a pen one day and signed your name and like, man, I don't even look like my name. Because you know what? Your motor movements are. Athletes deal with it. Athletes deal with it all the time. Playing baseball or playing basketball, they're just a little bit off. They got to step up their game. They got to push a little harder. They got to do a little more. They got to get, because they got to play. You got life happens every day. Guess what? Tomorrow's Monday. Life's coming. How are you going to handle it? Come on, by faith. We live by faith and we're going to trust God. And so every day, that's why I say, get up and look in the mirror and say, look at you, child of God. You're looking good today. You're a child of God. You're bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm trying to help you. Because that's how you set the course of your life. What you say today determines what happens tomorrow. And what you say today, no matter what happens tomorrow, I say no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm still going to serve God. In ministry, you deal with people's ups and downs and ups and downs. And I had a, a somebody tell me, well, my wife said if I don't quit church and go partying with her, Oh, she's going to divorce me. And he left the church. Just to set the record straight, because I learned a long time ago, if something needs to be said, you say it. And I turned to my wife and I said, I love you, but if you ever put that on me, I'm serving God. Bye. I got to serve God. And she's in agreement with me. But I just had to say it. You know, raising kids, you learn you need to say stuff. It was like that boy that took his buddy home at 11 and didn't show back up till 4 and his daddy's driving around looking for him and he's 4 a.m. he comes pulling in. Just got his driver's license. On the back of it, it says you can't drive past midnight. He goes, where have you been? He goes, I'm just riding around. What do you mean riding around? He goes, you are not allowed to drive after midnight. Well, nobody ever told me. And I said, okay, I will start saying what needs to be said. My kids walk out the door, don't be stupid. They're going to be stupid out there and don't hang out with stupid and don't do stupid. Keep yourself. Every time they walked out the door, I know it, Dad. Yeah, but do you better do it. Okay, let's finish this. Where are we at? Verse 4. And perseverance. We all need to see it's called perseverance. Character. Character. You know, the world's definition of character is what you do when nobody's around. God knows what you're doing when nobody's around. That helps me have character. Because, see, I know God's watching. He's watching. And, and I want to have character. I want to watch what I think because God can read our minds. The devil can't, but God can. And he still loves me even when I have a bad thought. But we want character and hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Spirit who has been given to us, the Holy Spirit. See, when you're not feeling it, when you're not feeling it, 
It's because you're not filled with the Spirit of God. You've got to stir up the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And we'll teach you about how, how to do that. Hebrews 6.12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Why we're talking about faith and patience. Faith and patience inherit the promise. Say it with me. Faith and patience inherit the promises. There are three, over 3,000 promises. Actually, there's more than that. They're just, some of them are duplicated. Right here. Promises, promises, promises. Patrick asked, do you know, do you, are you standing on a promise? Standing on the promises of Christ our King. Through eternal ages let us break. We didn't know what we were singing. So, I got a quick video. This is a preacher. Going to preach to us a little bit. Let's watch this video and let's think about our life and how we do. Jesus says, I want you to sit still. Now, I know how hard it is because now I have a three-year-old. And I don't know if he understands what those two words mean. <laughs> sit and still. I'm like, son, sit still. But daddy, sit still. Sit still. People on radio are like, what are they laughing at? I'm moving around, Sirius XM. I'm making kid, kid movements. You know, when your kids are moving and they're like, sit down. That's what we do in the spirit because we get impatient. We want God to hurry up because we think He's taking too long. And God's like, trust me. I, yes, I trust you. <laughs> Start sliding, <laughs> sliding out of position. Come closer to me. All right, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. here, I'm just going over here for a minute. I just want to see what's over here. Want to see if I can figure it out on my own. Put that down. That's not good. That's hot. I know, but I, I prayed about a relationship. You didn't answer me. I know, but it looks cute. It's shiny, but it's hot. Bad for you. Bad. That's, that she looks good, but it's bad for you. You understand what I'm saying? God. You're taking so long. When are you going to answer my prayers? Show these people what you showed me. They, they don't think I have value. They don't think I know. They're talking about me, whispering about me. My own family, they don't even understand what I carry. They think I'm crazy. I know. Just wait. I, I, I don't want to wait. Do you understand how hard it is to wait? You know what you placed in me. You need to tell these people who I am. You need to let them know. You need to let them know how amazing I am. I need you to wait. Why? Nobody else had to wait. Jesus did. When Jesus was born, can anybody tell me, was he any less God when he was a baby than he was when he was announced in Matthew chapter 3, he was God as a baby. He was God in diapers. He was God at four years old. He was God at seven. He was God at 12. He was God at 19. He was God at 23. When did God announce his son to the earth? He was 30. Wait. 30 years old. It was 30 years of preparation for three years of public ministry for three hours of purpose. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, Jesus hung on a cross, but nobody knew that he was the son of God. He wasn't even announced, wasn't even allowed to even walk into his ministry for 30 years. He had to wait. And if the son of God had to wait, what makes you think you don't have to wait? Okay, that's called patience. Having to wait. 
I'm not even going to dog anybody because they haven't waited because we all haven't waited. We go out and try to do what we can do on our own. So, so here's the key. Faith takes discipline. Faith takes discipline. Might want to write that down. Boy, that's, is that a cuss word, discipline? It is today when you're dealing with your kids. You can't discipline them. Treat that kid like that. No, faith takes discipline. The things of God takes discipline. You got to discipline yourself to walk with God. Control your flesh. My, my oldest grandson's been having trouble potty training. He's on, the, he's on the course now. But, you know, talking to him and trying to encourage him, uh, he didn't want to go on the potty. And I said, look, you got to go on the potty. And I said, you go six times, I'll go buy you a motorcycle. And I was thinking this, and he's thinking big one, you know. And, uh, and I, you know, and this is what I told him. It's funny. I said, you know, when you get 21, you keep potting, you'll get married one day. Nobody wants to marry somebody in diapers. Now, I know people have issues and stuff, but, but it's the truth. We, but, you know, you can discipline yourself. That's why you're still not, not that way. You, you discipline yourself. Just to be able to sit here. You discipline yourself to know things. You know, I can pick on it. I, I ask the men, what, what oil do you put in your car? How fast will it get to 65? Most of the men know, and most of you ladies know too. I can be 65 before I get to the end of the driveway. How do you know these things? Because you've experienced them, you chased them, you've... You pursue them, what, what bullets you put in a gun, what arrow do you shoot in your bow if you're a hunter. I'm not trying to offend anybody that's not a hunter. What dance shoes you wore when you danced in high school. What color was your flag in the flag line? What instrument did you play? Where's the, key, where's the note G? Where's the F? Where's the A at? You still remember how to work the fingers, whatever instrument it was. Unless you're a drummer, you don't get to play any keys. Do you? A little bit. So let's dig in. Number one, daring faith is like a seed. This is the, the, the simplest and uh, greatest message on faith right here that Jesus taught. And, uh, but let's read Mark 4, 26 through 28 real quick. He said, the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep night and day and rise and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Ain't your wor- you don't have to worry about the seed. You got to plant it, right? That's your part is to plant the seed. And so for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain of head. I mean, if you plant corn, it buds up out of the ground, and there's no ear of corn on there, but you let it keep growing, and all of a sudden you get a harvest. Let's look in the same chapter, Mark 4, 30, 32. Jesus said, but when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs. He's talking about, I, I, I skipped 31. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of seeds, but it, when it's planted, it becomes a tree. And it's smaller than any other seeds on the earth. It's a tiny seed. In verse 32, it says, but when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs. When it's sown, how come those seeds in Walmart and the packages, they just don't sprout out of that package? Because it's not sown. Or you'd be walked by there, boy, them things are coming up. Look at them. No, they're in the package in there. There's no dirt, no water, no light, no, no oxygen. Or, no, no, they don't need oxygen. They produce oxygen. But they, it's, it's in the package. This is in the package. Right here. The seed's in the package. And when it's greater of all, it shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air and the nest sit in its shade. The Bible says that you are like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in its season and shall not wither. Oh, great and mighty tree. Man, we had an oak tree in my backyard. It was its own ecosystem. I'm talking it was this big around. And it was tall. I, literally, I had snakes fell out of that tree. Where did that come from? We're out in the backyard playing horseshoes or baseball and a snake fall on the ground. And you're like, whoa. It was a grass snake, but still, whoa, make you run. Things lived in that tree. You're a tree of life. 
God wants you planted by His river in the Spirit of God, in the Word of God, that you can bring forth fruit. And many will come and sit under the shade of your, of your tree, of you, and receive from God. Okay, that's, okay. that's, that's evangelism. We're not talking about that, are we? So let's go Mark 4, 3 through 9. Jesus told many parables, and let's look at the parable. He said, listen, behold, a sower went to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop and sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. How many of y'all got your garden started? Well, until several right there. Y'all got anything in the ground? You just got to till. You got, it's, you got stuff in the ground. You till it up. You, oh, you got stuff in the ground. That's the way the kingdom of God works. The way faith works. Faith. God wants his children to live and operate by faith. What we want is to live and operate by miracles. Miracles do happen. But God wants you to operate by faith. Your life should be every day operating by faith. So, faith is like a seed. Each seed can develop and grow. How about each seed can develop and grow? Have you ever planted or seen plants and you got corn and, and all of a sudden, see, I used to plant trees when I was uh, out of high school or in high school, and you'd go along and, man, you say, I planted those trees, and then there's one of them stunted. What's up with that? Or this one's got 50 tomatoes on it and this has got two. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with the seed. Huh? It's what it's planted in. And how it operates. Listen, I've had people say, Pastor, I got great faith. I'd believe God supply my needs and I, I, I get raises and I get money comes to me no problem. But when it comes to healing... I struggle. How I many, my kids was in school, they used to test them. Fifth, third grade, fifth grade, seventh grade. In the seventh grade, my son was on a college level reading. But he wasn't college level in math. He wasn't developed. You have to develop yourself. I can change the oil in a car because my daddy developed me to do that. You take this wrench, you make sure it fits that nut, you unscrew it, and you better pull it out quick because the oil's pouring out, and it'll come down your arm. I'm underneath the car. I've changed the oil several times. You operate specifically by faith, by planting the Word of God in your heart. What are you planting? So that's number two. What have you planted by faith? What have you planted? Patrick trying to preach my sermon this morning. What have you planted? By faith. Well, I just believe good things are happening. That's mind over matter. What word scripture are you planning? What, what scripture do you believe for good things to happen? Because the word does tell you that good things will happen to those who love God. But it also say bad things are happening. It's how you react to the bad things. So number two, Mark 14 through 13. Let's, let's read this real quick. The disciples said, and, and, and he goes, they asked him, can you explain this parable of the sower that sows? And hear what Jesus said. Do you not, yeah. The sower, no, back it up for me. Verse 13. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? This is how it works. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on the cross for you, boom, you get saved. You planted salvation in your heart. Your spirit was born again. And this is the same parable. Now verse 14. 
The sower sows the word of God. The sower sows the word of God. How many of you know the word of God is good seed? I told a story of this cotton farmer. His cotton fields were immaculate. The cotton was chest deep, and I'm tall. But he always picked the best seed. And you drive down the road, and it'd be this tall, and there'd be stuff in it, but he had people cleaning it up all the time. Man, he had top-notch cotton. What are you planting? Look at verse, the next verse, verse 14. Uh, uh, now, let's back up. Let's, let's look. The Word of God is the, is, is the seed, the best seed. But listen to me. It's not the seed. It's the soul. Are you with me? Well, 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 what do you mean it's not the soul? Mark 4, 15 says the soul is the heart. Now look at what it says. And these are the ones that fell by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. In your heart. Satan's trying to get the word. When you walk out of here today, Satan's going to try to take the word out of your heart. That's what it just said, didn't it? Let's, let, me, let me help you a little bit about the seed. Turn to Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. If you don't have it, write it down. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11 says, this is what God's telling Isaiah. And Isaiah's prophesying it, just like Miss King gave us a word from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to Isaiah. God's speaking to Isaiah, and he says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen, water waters the seed, and it brings forth, if you plant one kernel of corn, it grows to a stalk, and it produces hundreds, two or three, sometimes four ears of corn with hundreds of kernels on it. You can either eat it, or you can plant it again. You should always be planting you should always be eating. That's the easy part, isn't it? But I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking spiritually. You need to be feeding on the Word of God. And you need, because look what the next verse said in verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of, from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. God has sent his word and given it to his children. You act like your dad and your mama whether you like it or not. But when you get saved, you should act like your father God. My aunt says you look just like your daddy. I said, quit it. Nobody wants to hear that. Huh? Huh? You act, we, we have to act like and imitate, be imitators of God, to be imitators of Jesus. He's the one that we turn to, we look to. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard what God would say. So we have got to put the word of God. He's given us permission to put the word of God in our mouth, in our heart. He's given us permission. Okay. The soul is the heart. Faith is of the heart, not of the head. If it's in your head, you're going to get talked. It's going to, you, the, the devil's going to talk you out of it. People will talk you out of it. We talked about it yesterday morning. You know, I've had people say, if you, you get right here in this spot, right here, this is the spot. If you don't get it right here, oh, this is where you get it. You can't get it nowhere else. That's baloney. God's everywhere. Come on, you can receive anywhere and you need to be planting in your house and you need to be putting it in your heart as you drive to work. You need to be at work putting the Word of God in your heart. Number three, are you taking care of what's been planted? You see, when you plant something, you've got to take care of it. And last year, I preached something on this similar fashion and I looked in my... Uh, see, I got these bushes in front of my house and I looked down and there's weeds growing in them already. I did not plant those weeds, but my wife wants me to dig them up. When are you going to dig that up? I'm like, I didn't plant it. 
I'm not, I don't like yard work. Some people love it. That's fine. I enjoy it when somebody else does it. No. I enjoy it when it's over. And I don't have to dig that up. How many of you know you got weeds in your life? You got to dig them up. You didn't even plant them. Some you did. Some you've been watering. Some you've been fertilizing. I'm talking weeds. Don't touch my weeds. Because these weeds make people feel sorry for me. These weeds set me apart that I got it worse than anybody else. When you're supposed to be blessed beyond measure, come on, press down, shaking together, running over, God wants you blessed. You know what? When, when we sang that song that there's no mountain he won't climb up, I saw people like, I don't, he, he, it don't make any difference if he comes. Is that your heart? Come on. Expectation. God can make a difference, but you're living in the weeds. In Mark 4, 15 through 19, we're going to look at the weeds. We're going to look at the rocks. We're going to look at the things. And these are the ones that fell by the wayside when they were sown, you know, just dropping them. I don't have a green thumb, but my son does. He can drop anything on the ground, and it sprouts. It's amazing. I've seen him drop seeds in our yard, and it just sprouts up. Well, I was carving a pumpkin for him. He was four years old. He goes, seeds, and he ran to the backyard and stuck them in the ground, and it came up. I'm like, how do you do that? I mean, I can buy a plant and it dies, you know. That's all right. But I can plant the Word of God and it works in my heart. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the Word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown sown on stony ground. When they hear the Word, immediately receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. Whoo, that's good. That's right, Pastor. That's awesome. And I appreciate it. I need that encouragement from time to time. But that's not enough. You have got to take a hold of the Word of God and put it in your heart and put it in the good soil. And you know what? If you got hurts and pains and stuff, you need to dig those out. Because you're flourishing in one area of faith and not flourishing in another, that means you got to, you got to dig down. You got to plow the ground. You got to prepare the soil. And you need to fertilize it a little bit. Huh? Maybe put some lime down. Maybe rake the leaves. I know how to plant a garden. My grandpa, I was his slave. I mean, I was his son, grandson. (laughs) Me and my brother, we dug two acres of potatoes one time. My brother did about three potatoes. He goes, I'm going to get some water. My grandpa said, nope. No water today till we're through. My uncle said, tell him when we was in prison, they gave us water. <laughs> That's a joke. But hey, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be straight. Immediately receive it with gladness. Come on, we've got to receive the word with gladness. That's great, but let's look at the next verse. And they have no root in themselves, so they endure only for a time. They can't see it being for them. They can't work. They can't believe God wants to do it for them because they've, this is the way we are. This is the way my family's been. This is the way we've always been. We're the so-and-sos, and this is the way we are. And we're proud of the way we are. We're poor, dumb, and stupid. It's Yeah, but I mean, what were we bragging on the wrong thing? Because we're defeated and we're, 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 you know, that's just the way we are. We're a defeated bunch. But you know, I decided a long time ago I was going to break out of that defeated bunch. And they call me crazy. They call me crazy that I was going to live by, for God, I was going to live by the word and I was going to get full of the spirit. But you know what? I'm in good company because Jesus' family called him crazy too. His brothers and mothers went outside and said, he's in there with them drinking. Get him out of there. He's lost his mind. And they made fun of me. Yeah, well, he, you know, his doctrine's a little jacked up. He's crazy. He done lost it. That's all right. I found it. And it works. The Word of God works mightily. And so, look, they have no root in themselves, and they endure for a time. After when tribulation and persecution arises, for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. They stumble. 
well, I don't know if this is going, I don't know. I mean, my son-in-law's even talking bad about me. I don't know if I'm just going to back up and I'm just going to, I'm just going to be religious. I'm going to go to church and I, I'm going to just, oh, love you, Lord, and then I'm going to live the way I want to. Uh-uh. No. See, God's calling us to another level. God's calling us to another level. Say that. Come on. Do you want to go to another level in God? Some of you are scared. I know. Because it's scary trusting God. Because you've been living by your flesh your whole life. What I can do with these hands. But that's limited to what God can do through you. We limit ourselves. Don't limit God. We put him in a box. Oh, here's, here's God. Here's God. We're going to hide him and do what we want to do. No, we want the word to live in us. Now, I'm not, being, I'm not saying be weird. You got weird people. You got weird people in the world. You got weird Christians because they was weird before they got saved and God hadn't fixed them up yet. Just because somebody does strange things doesn't mean God's strange. It means they are. Be established in the word. All right, let's, let's, let's keep going so we can get this, this rolling. Trials come. Listen, all these things are trials. Let's finish verse 18. Now, these are the sown among the thorns. When the, they are the ones who hear the word. Next verse. And the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. If you're lusting after somebody else's wife, the word of God's not going to work in you. If you're chasing money and not God, the word of God's not going to work for you. That's what it says. The cares of this world. How about work? just flat out worrying? I don't know what we're going to do and what we're going to do and what we're going to do. You're believing fear or you have more faith in fear than you do God. People love God, but they don't trust him. Faith trusts God. That's faith is trusting in, adhering to. And you need to trust his word. Jesus is the word. You need to trust Jesus. You need to trust his word. You need to trust that the promises of God are yes and amen. We, I'm going back over the sermons that we preached. The promises of God are yes and amen. They're yes and amen to me. God wants to bless you. How do you receive that? This is how you receive it. Okay. So the enemy comes. He picks on your weaknesses. You know, I tend to talk about sports a lot because sports are, are, are like life. You, you're in the game every day. And I said last Sunday, we hated to practice. Let's play. Who have practiced? Let's play. But you got to practice. To get better, you got to practice. And you need to be practicing the word. You need to speak the word, practice the word, live the word. So I played basketball in high school. We were a little, I mean, we had 300 and some odd kids, K through 12, is how small the school was. But basketball was king. We weren't big enough. And so I played with a boy that's number two in the nation in high school in scoring. Man, could shoot. And he started as a freshman. Actually, he played some as an eighth grader. But as a freshman, he was young. He was still, he was 6'2", and, you know, as a freshman. Big boy. But the teams found out that they could stop him, not by guarding him, but by making him mad. And they would push his button. And make him mad. And he wasn't worth a flip. Bounce the ball off his foot. Shoot and miss. No time he's mad. Because he's immature. How about anger? Will rob you of what? Of the success God is wanting you to have in your life. See, things like that. And finally the coach set him down and said, Do you know that they're trying to do that? Next game they know that you get mad they're going to have somebody come in there and foul you every time to get you mad so they can beat us. You've got to control yourself. He finally learned to control himself, and they quit doing it. And that's the way the devil does. He's going to come push your buttons. We've already said that this morning. But he's going to find your weaknesses, and he's going to pick at it. He's going to look at it. 
I'm going to send somebody to you. Huh? James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in various trials. Nobody likes joy when, they get, when trouble comes. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So wait a minute, when a trial comes, it's a test, and you're going to overcome, and you'll end up lacking nothing. But we go, I'm, 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 I'm under attack. Y'all pray for me. You need to go, glory to God, I'm under attack. Good things are coming. <laughs> That's a different mindset. That went right out the door, and nobody even caught that. They said, no. You're crazy, Pastor Britt. Number four, patience reaps the promise. Be patient, be patient, be patient. Luke 8, 15. It's the same parable, but Luke's telling it, and it says this. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, kept it and bear fruit with patience. Miss Becky raised her hand. She said she planted a garden. Is anything coming up? What? It's just still dirt? Are you sure you planted something? You sure you don't need to dig it up? You sure you don't need to dig it up? Why are you asking that? Because you plant the word in your heart and you don't see anything. That, well, it don't look any different. And so you start digging it up. How do you dig it up? It don't work. I've tried it, Lord. I tried. I, I planted the word two minutes ago and I, it ain't any different. How long is it going to be before those seeds start coming up, Miss Becky? You've been planting gardens for years. At least a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Uh, before you can tell it's coming up. And then when it comes up, what are you going to get? Nothing. But you get to see that it's coming up. You can see the difference is coming. You see, when you start standing on the word, you know what? You don't see anything at the beginning. This is living by faith. But you take the word and you know I planted in my heart and so you got to take care of it. You got to keep the weeds out of that garden. If there's any rocks when you plowed it, you chunked them to the side. You can, go, you can go up the blue field and you can see rows of rocks where they dug, they dug them up and they ran so they could, grass could grow to feed the cows. They even make fence rows out of those rocks. They turned them into something good. Okay, that's what God does, but we'll let that go. Hebrews 10, 35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence or your faith, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, that you may receive the promise. What do you got planted, Miss Becky? Potatoes and beets right now. The promise is potatoes and beets. The promise. But it's just in the ground. You, you're, 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 the promise she's standing on is potatoes and beets. Not getting any corn. You didn't plant corn. Not yet. She has expectation though. But she has greater expectation right now for potatoes and beets because she knows it's in the ground. Father, I'm standing on your word. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I plant that in my heart. From this day forward, I'm going to live as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's in my heart. It's in my garden. Now I got to guard it. Because I'm going to fly off the handle. And the devil said, you ain't righteous. Look what you just did. And Jesus taught us, say, get thee behind me, Satan. I may miss it, but I'm still the righteousness of God. My flesh may miss it, my mind may miss it, but my spirit, man, is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I repent to you, sir, for flying off at the handle because I am technically and really in my heart, in my spirit, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I just tore down the weeds. I just tore down the weeds that come and choke the word out. This is how it works. Well, you don't, he could have said, well, son, you don't act like it. Yeah, but he's working on me, and it's coming to pass. I can see it starting to break the dirt. It's coming up into my heart, and it's breaking the dirt. And guess what? One day I know that I walked in the righteousness of God. You know when I really know I'm walking in the righteousness of God? 
The Bible says that the righteous get their prayers answered. Woo! Now I'm on a new level. Now I'm on a new level. Glory to God. I can pray and God answers my prayers because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, I hope y'all getting this. Because that's how you move up. That's how you grow up. That's how you receive the promise because the potatoes aren't, aren't here yet, but they're coming. You may not have everything God has wants for you, but it's coming because you declare the word. And you know what the Bible says? That you can wash your heart with the water of the word. Well, if the word of God's water, guess what? We got a rain last night. That's going to help that garden. Water helps the garden. So how do I, how do I help myself? As I water the seed in me. It's not time to dig anything up yet. Did anybody get the sheet our position in Christ? Get it out for me right quick. I handed this out because I'm trying to help you. These are seeds. This is who you are. You're not, you're not Brett McClary. You're not Becky Grubb. You're the righteousness of God. You're a child of God. I'm not my daddy's son. I'm my father God's son. Huh? I'm a child of God. I, I used to be a baby in Christ. And then I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the full, full, full measure. As Paul said, I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling. I'm going forward. I haven't arrived. I'm going to the next step. And we all need to push to go. But look, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. In Jesus, I have life. And that life is the light of all men. People just like being around me because I'm a child of God. Hey, hey, hey. Number two, in Jesus, I have eternal life. You got eternal life. You need, to keep, you need to keep saying it. I've got eternal life. I've got eternal life. I'm not yet who I'm really going to be, but I know who I, when, when, shoot, when I leave this body, I'll outrun, I can outrun everybody. Care how old you are, young you are. Huh? I'll have everything that I want. Hair, good teeth. Straight toes, whatever. Mares won't be floppy anymore. Whatever it is. That's our blessed hope. But here on this earth, we're supposed to have the things that we want. But are we pursuing them? The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet, which is you, prophet, is subject to the prophet. Yes. That means you control. So many people want to say, well, if it's the Lord's will, or, 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 or well, you know, the God is in control. No, he's not. Because if he was in control, everybody would be saved. Jesus died so everybody could be saved and everybody would be serving him and everybody would be in church and we wouldn't be on the earth anymore. We'd be in heaven. Because that's what he's waiting on. Look at this sheet. I have peace with God. Do you know I, the devil comes to steal my peace just like he does yours? But you know what I declare? The peace of God's mine. The peace of God is mine. My mind be still and quit listening to those thoughts. The peace of God are mine. But you know what they said about you? You know what they're talking about? You? They don't like you. They don't like you. But God likes me. I'm his favorite. But God's big enough, you're his favorite. Hey, he lives on the inside of you. You're his favorite. This is how, I gave you this sheet so you can plant the word of God in you to know who you are. Your identity is so important. That's where you start. Your identity. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I have rights and privileges. I have an inheritance. Not when I get to heaven. I'm supposed to have an inheritance here. Okay. Three decisions you need to make. Number one, down at the bottom, decide the word of God is true. It's a seed. The seed is good. We got we to gotta get our soul right. We got to get our heart right. And you know all you got to do is repent. You ain't got to pull your hair out, shave your head, beat yourself with a whip. You just got to repent and say, Lord, I want my heart right. I, I, I turn from, from sin. My, my heart's right. Now my heart's right. 
Religion tells you you got to have some attrition. You got to just, you know, beat yourself and feel bad about it and feel bad about it. You feel bad about it when you do it. Just repent now. Come on. Number two, decide to act only in faith. And once Becky gets out of faith on that garden, she'll go plow it up and replant it. It's not working, it's not working, it's not working. And she digs it up and replants it. She's never going to receive a harvest if she keeps digging it up. So you have got to act. You go out there and she's going to water it and she's going to fertilize it and she's going to keep the weeds out of it. Keep the weeds out of your heart. Quit watching junk, quit reading junk, quit listening to junk because that's weeds. Words are the most powerful thing in the earth and the words you listen to the most and nobody can even say them. They can just come into your mind. That's the way the enemy works. I'm no good. I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. Nobody in my family's ever done this. It's not for me. It is for you. You can prosper anywhere. You can go to the moon. And God will help you grow potatoes. Well, the atmosphere is not baloney. I know a missionary went to Kyrgyzstan and they can't grow corn and he's growing corn. Because it's not congruent. I'm using one of them big words. It's not, it, that, that, that land doesn't want to grow corn, but he's growing corn. Because he's got God. And he's teaching the people. And that's his inroad is to teach people farming. And he's preaching Jesus. Number three, decide to speak only faith. Come on, the fertilizer and water, you got to talk it. Those potatoes are coming up, and I can't wait to dig them. I can't wait to eat them. I can't wait to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. I'm a partaker of the, that's, you know, it's in Peter said that. We are partakers of the divine nature of God. How do you become a partaker? You start planting the word in your heart. Start living the word. Start speaking the word. I'm a child of God. I'm a partaker of the things of God. All the promises, yes and amen. By these precious promises that he's given unto us, woo, we can have, we can overcome sin, we can overcome lust, and we can, we can receive the things of God. You see, the seed's good. Put it in your heart. And your mouth plants it, your mouth waters it, and your mouth always expects the harvest. Well, don't, ah, don't go to, well, you listen to the tone. Well, because where am I going with that well? That's a deep subject. It can be a depressing subject. Well, it don't work for me. Well, I don't believe that. What's the word? See, you've got to decide the word of God's true. And then act on it. Start saying it about yourself. Some of you may have been called stupid. Some of you may have been called an idiot. That's not true. Matter of fact, listen to me. When things coming and trouble's coming, when you start sensing things, it may be a truth that your shoulder's sore. But the higher truth is that Jesus himself, Matthew 8, 17, bore your sickness and infirmities. It's like rubbing Bengay on it. Ah, the balm of Gilead. That's Jesus. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus bore my sickness and infirmities. Isaiah 53, he bore my grief. He bore my shame. He was picked on when people called me a bald-headed idiot that I could have peace, no matter. Jesus took it so I could have peace. He was chastised. Okay, I'm trying to help you. So last, let's say this. I'm a child of God. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm an overcomer. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. Not by my strength, but by the strength of God. How hard was that? How hard was that? That's not hard, is it? I drive down the road. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. The fruit of my body, my children are blessed. My grandkids are blessed. I'm the head not the tail. I'm an overcomer. I'm above only and not beneath. Huh? It's promised. I'm changing my attitude about it. See, faith has an attitude. Faith has an attitude. Last scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, old man, flee these things and pursue righteousness. How do you do it? You change the words of your mouth. Godliness. You keep yourself. You pursue faith, love, patience, gentleness. With all those, that's how you fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith in verse 12. Lay hold to eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed 
a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now let's do it again. Say, I'm a child of God. Bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm an overcomer. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, that's all good, Pastor. See what we got to break through? I'm just shy. I really can't say that. Yeah, you need to say it. That's why you're shy. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of not Becky's testimony, not Patrick's testimony, not Miss Shirley's testimony, but our testimony. Well, I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. Your testimony is every promise in the word of God is your testimony. And you overcome because the blood of Jesus backs the word of God and backs your testimony. When your testimony is God's word, you're not lying. It may feel like it's sore, but the word of God is working in me because I'm a believer. I lay hands on it and declare that Jesus bore this soreness in my shoulder. I plant a seed. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fertilizing it. I'm rubbing it. I'm putting salve on it. I'm watering it. Well, it ain't working, so it must not work. I'm just going to live with it. No. See, I, uh, fight the good fight of faith, people. Are y'all ready to fight? Yes. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. Yes. That means you're going to have to get a little bold with yourself and, and, and with the enemy. You got to start saying who you are, whether you feel like it or not. Too many feelings going on around today. People feel like they're something else. No, we're children of God. Stand to your feet. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth what you, or what you believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth, that's how you get saved. That's the course that you set your life, that I'm a child of God. How many of you are not organized? Don't raise your hand. If you're not organized, you need to start declaring, God's helping me to organize my life. God's helping me to organize my life. How many of you don't have enough? Don't raise your hand. If you don't have enough time, God's going to help me to have more time. Matter of fact, he'll give me, you know that you can buy time? Do you know I buy time every time somebody, I'll pay somebody to mow my yard? Hey! The kingdom of heaven is open to you today. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can do that. You don't have to bow your head. Today we're going to look at me. Will you accept him? Will you accept him as your Lord? I mean, it's the, Jesus is not just for fire insurance to keep you from going to hell. That's great. And I got that fire insurance. But my salvation is for here and now. I need my salvation Monday morning just like you do. I need my salvation every day. So will you accept him? Just raise your hand, wave at me, say, Pastor Brett, I need to accept Jesus. I need to accept Jesus. Now I'm looking around. I trust everybody in here saved. But if not, let's all pray it together just to make sure we know how to lead somebody to Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Father, today I come. I give you my heart. I give you my whole life. I make Jesus Lord of my life. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I accept him with all my heart in Jesus' name. Now, look at me. That's how you go after the things of God. You find it in the word, you believe it in your heart, and you say it with your mouth. There's too many scriptures that say that you're right with God for you not to be right with God. You see, when you find out that you're righteous, you start acting righteous. When you find out that you can have peace with God, you start going after that peace. We pursue things every day. And we use our faith every day, but not on God. You're going to put that key in. You're not even going to think about it. You're going to put that key in the ignition. You're going to turn it over because you're going to believe. You know that car's going to crank. Now, I have driven some where I was talking to them. Did you come on, baby? I was using my faith. I had some hoopties, you know, what they call back in the day. But hear me. I was using my faith. Come on and crank. 
You ever seen somebody kick their car? They ain't using their faith. But they still speak into that car. Speak life to your children, to your spouse, to your family, to your parents. Speak to the life of God. Release the life of God out of your mouth. So one more time. Say, I'm a child of God. And my children will serve God. I am righteous. I am holy. I'm an overcomer. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. You can be- Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.